0: good to see each one of you here today. I want to thank Pastor Allen and uh, the congregation for inviting me to be a part of your Mother's Day service. I want to thank my family. There's several in my family that have driven all the way from the Metroplex to be here today. and They're the loves of my life. The greatest gift that God has given me on this earth is my family. I love all of you so much. Okay, they'll get my voice taken care of in just a minute. Just bear with us. want to say Happy Mother's Day to each one of the mothers today. Just raise your hand if you're a mom. Oh, good for you. I, I don't want to say that we may look the ragged of all people here today because we have a lot of things to help us with that. But we have walked a walk, and we're going to talk about that walk today. I am blessed by your example. Like a conductor with a baton, a mother sets the tone and tempo for her home. If she's in a hurry, the whole household seems to just rush right along with her. If she's singing, they sing right along with her. The lessons her children learn by just watching her life from the background will become examples that turn into the standards by which they elevate. Their own lives. Wow, heavy, heavy for we mothers. One of my passions in this life, along with serving God to the best of my ability, has been to leave a legacy that will enhance my children. My grandchildren, who some of them are here today, (laughs) and I'm getting ready to be a great-grandmother. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. But it happens. It happens to the best of us. This takes wisdom to create a legacy that will enhance others. Charles Spurgeon writes on wisdom, says, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is to be wise. To know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge in the present and building for the future. I like to do surveys. So I went around my community and asked different people what legacy meant to them and what wisdom meant to them. And this is what I came up with. Legacy is... Is fundamental, fundamental to what it is to be human. Research shows that without a sense of working to create a legacy, adults lose meaning in their life. Legacy is about life and about living. It helps us decide the kind of life that we want to live. This message this morning is primarily. everyone, We are honoring mothers, but I hope that everyone, no matter what your age, gets something out of this message today. If we want excuses for not creating a legacy that will enhance, there's plenty of them. If I would ask you today what some of your excuses are, you might say, nothing good was left down to me. There's just too many negatives in my life. I just do not have time. It doesn't work for me. Well, I'll tell you what my thing is. My plan is just to let life happen. And sorry to say, that's what a lot of people are doing. I want us to look at the word time. And I'll bet even the youngest could spell this word. Say it with me. T-I-M-E time the very first letter t i'm going to ask you if you are taking time about several years ago you know at my stage we don't really count them we just go few or many or several so several years ago i lost the joy of the lord and if you've ever lost the joy of the lord it is not a fun place to be Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And most of the time up to this point, I had had joy. Not every day, but, you know, this went on for months and months into years. And, you know, some of us can fake it. Some others cannot. So I can always smile, even if I'm not smiling with my eyes or if I'm faking it, I can always smile. And I was doing that. And you can always say, hello, how are you today? Always do that. But I had no joy down deep. Oh, boy, I forgot to watch my clock here. I will watch my clock. (laughs) What happened during this time, as I thought about it, was that we had had children in the home for 38 years. From the time the first one was born until the time the last one left, uh, it was 38 years. And we were like, yay. (laughs) But yet, emptiness set in. Emptiness syndrome set in. I had always been busy. I was always doing, doing, doing. And I loved that. I was no longer needed. Who was I now? I was a nothing and a nobody, I kept telling myself. What have you ever done on this earth? I had no title. Well, they called me mom. That's a pretty good title. But I, I wanted more title. I just did not have enough title. I did not feel good about what I had done in life for some reason. The other thing, I know some of you have heard of midlife crisis. This can happen in your 30s, 40s, 50s. There may be some in their 60s here today who say, I'm going through the midlife crisis. Well, let me tell you, you're way past it. If if you've been going through it all of these years, something's really wrong. So I think I was maybe going through midlife crisis. My husband and I were invited to a uh, missions benefit, and um, I really didn't want to go but decided to go. It was in Colorado at the Broadmoor, so I said, yeah, I'll go. Sounds fun to me. As we got there, I just kind of withdrew. Our oldest daughter and son-in-law happened to be at the same benefit, and they were planning something for the women, and I said, you know, I just... I." Maybe maybe I'm not going to go. I, I'm just going to stay at home today and and have a pity party. <clears throat> They're always fun to go to, and <clears throat> I just kind of wanted to do that. Feel sorry for myself. And my oldest, I told my oldest daughter, well, why don't you just go ahead and go? No, I'll I'll have the pity party with you. I'll stay with you. Well, she had a little another plan. <clears throat> we had a cup of coffee and started talking and. And I got kind of emotional, and she said, Mom, what, what's going on in your life? You just don't seem quite like, you know, the mom that I'm used to. So I proceeded to tell her a little bit of what was happening in my life. And she said, well, what have you enjoyed doing in life the most? I said, what I have enjoyed doing the most in life is trying to be a loving, supporting husband and a mom. I've just loved doing she said, well, then you need to do that. I said, well, I've already done that. Hello. And she said, no, 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 no. I mean, tell others how to do it. Coach others on how to be a loving, supporting wife. Uh, men, how many of you have a loving, supporting? No, no, don't do that. <laughs> we wouldn't want to, you know, ruin the Mother's Day for your wife. <laughs> and how to be a great mother. Mother. All the experiences that I've had, the mistakes, making them right, learning what works, learning what doesn't work, coach them on how to do this. I said, I'd love that. I would love doing that. I'd love to tell them what I did at different times in discipline, because I love to discipline. How to spank those little kids and how to take that little mouth and... Stop that fast thing. Yes, 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 I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I said, But who wants to listen to me? Where where do I go from here? She said, Give me two weeks. In two weeks' time, she came up with a brochure. This is the original. The original says Family Home Improvement with Sharon Lipset, Me. For appointment, call nine seven two. 307 to 304 and on the inside it says tools required for the job suggestions for the project I'm getting excited how to maintain the family how to make it work how to correct mistakes uh, time management family night I'm going. I would love that but what do we do with the brochure now she said well you're married to the lead pastor so go to the lead pastor and talk with him about this program and see what he says. He was excited about it because families do need help today. They really do. They're in trouble. As Alan says, all we have to do is read our newspapers and just like that, trouble, trouble. So he was all for this. We didn't make a big deal out of it. He announced it and just put the brochures out on the information desk and within two years I was seeing 300 units now some of them were the same but 300 units of either women families whole families would come in to learn how to do it take time to name your challenge this is under T I wish we had I wish I had thought Alan you know I'm not a, used to this kind of stuff, but if we'd had a little thing up here, just pretend, you can do that. A big T, which says, take time to name your challenge, take time to pray, take time to share with someone, and then take time to plan. And that's exactly what we did. We took the first two letters, because it's going to take time to do this, friends. Legacy is about life and living. From a purely practical standpoint, if you don't pass your life experiences by leaving a legacy, the wisdom you've gained through the years is useless. It's gone. And it will die as you die. Pretty sad. Deuteronomy says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land your crossing, so that you, your children, your grandchildren, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and all his commands that I give you so that you may enjoy Get that word, enjoy, long life. Who wants to live long if you're not enjoying it? I am so happy to have my mother-in-law here today, who has been such an inspiration to me. If you would watch her daily life, you would get inspired too. She will be 96 this next week. (laughs) She is an ordained minister. Sometime, Ellen, you you get her to come and speak here. She said she doesn't want to speak anymore, but I know she could do it. Because, oh, this is not mine. I could get germs here. (laughs) She's a great preacher. She preaches. I talk. Be careful to obey so that it will go well with you. You may be discouraged at this point. Say, I haven't done it. I don't have any, what what should I do? What should I do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. You may think that you have no positive thoughts or anything to pass on. Not true. Start today with your own legacy. Maybe no one passed anything good down to you. It's okay. God can and God will. Start it today by making your own legacy. Remember your children. You are passing down a legacy. We're living in a fast-paced society where busyness is a form of life. And as young mothers, mid-middle-aged mothers, older mothers, grandmothers, remember, you are passing down a legacy and you are an influencer. Keep in mind that someone influenced Hitler. Someone influenced Barack Obama. Someone influenced Madeline O'Hare. Someone influenced Billy Graham. Mother Teresa. Martin Luther. And someone can and will change the world. It probably won't be me. But maybe someone that I influence can My part is to be an influence in my little corner of the world. Integrate. Integrate your life today. New thoughts, new ideas, new people, and gifts. After this brochure, in a year or so, some of the women that I was... Uh, coaching said well you know you you raised three beautiful daughters who you can be proud of they chose three wonderful husbands that we love like our sons what did you do what did you do I said well you know we love them we just kind of you know got together and decided what we wanted for our family and one really pushed me and she said you know what Sharon Why don't you think about this and write some of those important things down that you learned and were workable? And, you know, if we set our mind to it and we plan and we open up our lives to other people, it is amazing what God can do. In two weeks' time, God, as I meditated and prayed about it, gave me a thought for a parent video series. And in that series, I talk about family time, family night, discipline, communication, all of these things and how we did it and what worked. And we had it professionally done, whatever that is, and it's in family bookstores and many people have this tape because they're hungry for what's going to work. Now I'm going to tell you, Justin Myers will not care if I tell the story, <laughs> he was, he's my grandson, and he was, I think, eight years old. So I sat him and Kayla, his sister, right beside him, who was a little older. He could have been seven and her ten. And I sat him up on big stools, and I started giving them this. I started talking to him about about the discipline, about the, you know, um, Ground rules about all family time. And they sat there and listened to this. And then they'd say, Mama Kay, that was good. (laughs) I like the story about my mom. (laughs) I like the story about Aunt Tammy and Aunt Tiffany. I like that. I thought, well, if an 8- or 10-year-old can understand it, surely adults can. I mean, surely, surely adults can. But integrate. Integrate new thoughts, new ideas, new people which leads to M, mentor. The thought about this word mentor, I had written a tribute several years ago to my mom who influenced me the most in my life. Kate Bunger, also known as Mom, Mama Kate, Grandma, and Sister Bunger was born in 1900 and born again in 1921. She was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit all in one night in an Amy Simple McPherson revival in Dayton, Ohio. (laughs) Down through the years, Kate took her children to church alone. She was faithful to God and her family. My father was not a believer, but she respected him as a leader of their home. At the age of 21, my brother died of cancer left his wife who gave birth to a son two months after his death. My parents raised Rusty as their own son until he was nine, and his mother decided she wanted him back and took him and forbid my parents to ever see him again. When he turned 18, he came back to mom and dad, my parents. This was a second son who was taken from them for nine years. It seemed heartache was all around my mother's life, but I watched her overcome. Nothing could rob her of her faith in God. She believed and lived as if all things worked together for good to those that love God. My father found the Lord 40 years after my mother's conversion. My brother's son and his family are all believers along with every child and every grandchild and great-grandchild of Kate, my mom. As I come up against obstacles, defeat, disappointment, and discouragement, I often ponder what my mom would do. She would trust God in sickness, in death, in defeat. She would say, never do anything unless you've taken it to God in prayer. I will follow the example of my mom who trusted God up until her death at 102 years of age. I want to pass God's ways and Kate's ways onto my children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. She was a mentor, a real mentor to me. Mentor, under the little points under that, I'm saying be available to someone who can gain from your experiences. Any age can be a mentor. I don't care if you're 16 years of age and you've gone through something, you can mentor someone else. And be available. Be available at any time because it could crop up any time. Another little area from this started developing then. We have this, home improvement. We have the parent video series. And then the more I thought about mentoring, I conducted another survey in our church. And I went around asking all of the women in their 20s and 30s. How many women are in their 20s and 30s in this congregation today? Good. Good. Somebody said, you're not 30. (laughs) Stop raising your hand. (laughs) And I asked them, do you have a mentor? Biggest percentage said no. Would you like a mentor? One hundred percent said yes. So I thought, okay, here we are. Take time to name the challenge. Take time to share. Take time to pray. Take time to plan. So I came up with a mentorship program for our church. And the very first thing I did was to choose 25 women who I felt would be good mentors. They had had losses in their, in their lives, maybe gone through divorce, job losses, other things. But they made it through successfully. And they could help someone else who was going through similar problems. So this program was instituted in our church, and I hope is still going today. The last point that I want to come into is encourage. First we have time, integrate, mentor, and encourage. The joy, most of the joy had come back. And the reason it came back is because I faced it. I faced the challenge, and I did something about it. Facing it and naming it and sharing it and then doing something about it, you've got it. It will go on because we have that promise. We lived in Carrollton, Texas, and next door to an Asian Indian family. And this family, we didn't think they they spoke English. I'm not doing this because I'm thirsty. I'm doing it because my mouth is dry, Okay. They never ever spoke. What? Oh, Ellen, you did that. Who did that? You did that. Give the guy a hand. Oh, Oh, my word. That is awesome. Because Lee even said today, well, call Ellen. I said, on Sunday morning? No, 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 no. Thank you. The Asian Indian family, we figured, did not speak English because we'd waved to them and we got no response back. And I'm like, okay, we'd wave again. and So we said, well, they don't speak English, so they don't want to talk to us. Okay, if somebody doesn't want to talk to you, don't talk to them. And I, we lived there four years, never met them, only saw them once in a while. One morning at 9.30... Somebody comes knocking on my door. You know what? This morning at 7 o'clock, two little kids, Jackson and Avery, came knocking on my door. (laughs) And I jumped up and went to the door. When somebody knocks on your door, you need to go unless you live in the Metroplex. (laughs) So then, (laughs) then I'm walking through the people because, you know, I didn't go to the door unless I knew them. And here's my Asian neighbor. And I'm like, huh? what in the world? She doesn't speak English. What am I going to do, you know, here? And she said, your husband, a, a pastor? Are there any Asian Indians here today? Because my accent is not perfect. Your husband, a store? I said, uh, yes. Well, I pick up this piece of mail today, and it says, Reverend Lee Lebsack. And here is your mail. I said, well, thank you very much. She said, do you do counseling? I said, "Um, well, spiritual counseling. Uh, Do you cast out demons? (laughs) That's why they never spoke to us. No. What in the world? I said, "Um, uh, yes, I I think so, because we had been to Africa, and we had watched, because there's many demonic spirits there, and we had watched them casting out demons and everything else. And I'm going. Well, I think I could do that. And so, <laughs> first time for everything. And she said, "Well, when do you do that?" I said, um, "Well, you you name it, and well, what, whatever is convenient for you, because at this stage, getting the joy back, I'm going to do anything. I mean, I'll do anything to get the joy back, ward back, because this is my strength." So she said, "Right now?" I said, um, "Sure." And she. said. Let me go home and lock the door. So I ran to the phone when she's over there, picked up the phone, uh, calling the office. Hello, Lee, would you please, 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 please pray because I'm going to be casting out demons. And he says, what, what, what? Because he wasn't there, so I couldn't, you know, call him to come and help. Or I couldn't cast him out, him either. It never worked. But I'm going to <laughs> no. he's the most wonderful husband in the world. He treats me like a gem. And I love that. So he said, we will all be praying here. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. But you know what? I did not have a bit of fear. The adrenaline started pumping up within me. I'm like going to the door. Okay, hurry up lock that door. Get over here. So she comes over and I said, come on in. Let's get to know each other a little bit. And um, she comes right in. And, and of all things, I mean, Who knows why we do things that we do. I said, let's sit down on the floor. Why why in the world would I do that? We had couches. We had chairs. We had everything. Let's sit down on the floor. So we sit down on the floor. And she told me her name was Rachel. I told her my name's Sharon. She told me about her family, about my family. So I said, okay, about this demon thing. Let's talk about this for a little bit. So I went and got the Bible. And I started just random. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to read here. Just read. It's the Bible. It's the Word. It will not return void. So I just started reading, and I'm going, okay, now I'm going to explain to you what we're going to do. She said, okay. I said, how do you know that you're doing for that? She said, when I was a child, and I was nine years old, a missionary came to our village. And I went to church, and I accept Jesus into my heart. And I went home so excited, telling my mom and dad what had happened. And they forbid me ever to have that friend again and ever to go to that church again, or I would be beaten. So I never have been to church since then. We came, our marriage was arranged. We came to the United States of America. I'm a nurse, my husband's a businessman. And we have three children, two are in college, one at A&M, one in Texas State, the other, is there a Texas State, or is it UT, UT, UT. And then the third one's still in high school. And they all need God. She said, when I got up this morning and picked up this piece of mail, I had prayed, and I said, God, if there is a God in heaven, lead me to someone. That will tell me about him today. Reverend Leland Lebsack. Sharon Lebsack that needs the joy. I'm the one that was picked. She said, "I every time I start to pray, I scratch and scratch and grind my teeth. I said, we're going to pray, and that will stop in Jesus' name. We prayed. We prayed the sinner's prayer. She prayed it after me, but I wanted her to pray her own prayer in Jesus' name. And I said, Rachel, will you pray a prayer right now? She said, well, I don't know how really to pray. I said, just talk, just like you did this morning. Lead me to someone. Said, just pray just like that, simple. In fact, that's the way I pray. I pray simple prayers, just simple prayers, so he understands and I understand. She prayed. She prayed in Jesus' name, and then started. I said, Rachel, stop that right now. I'm strict. Do not do that anymore. I said, we have prayed. We have prayed. We have prayed in Jesus' name and he has told us that that is power. That is enough power to stop this. Okay. Okay. I said, any time that you leave my house and you go and you pray, you might start doing that again. But that is a learned behavior and you plead the blood of Jesus over you because he's living in you. She said, Will you meet with me every Friday, and can we pray every Friday in your home? I said, yes. I was a substitute teacher at the time, and I was on call every day, but I called and said, don't call me on Fridays. I have another job. I have another job. For two years, we prayed every Friday in my home. Encourage. I was so encouraged. I mean, I could have run races. Well, I probably could today, too, but... Back then, I could have run a marathon. I encouraged myself. I encouraged those in need. If you're depressed today, I mean, there's a, there are a dime a dozen discouraged people out there. Encourage them in some way. Encourage them. The icing on the cake came. We had retired, moved to Granbury, Texas. And two years ago, my husband was invited back to the church that we had pastored to speak. And I always sat in the back. I like it. Yvette sits up in the front, and we can just watch her and watch her worship and watch her come in and see what she has on. I wanted to hide. (laughs) So I always sat in the back. (laughs) And after the sermon, you know, they did have me stand, and I said, Hello, everybody. And my husband spoke. And a young man after the service came up and said, "Are you Sharon Lebsack?" I said, "Yes, I am." He said, "My mother is Rachel." I said, "You are kidding! The A and M student that we prayed for every every Friday." He said, "One year ago, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. I married a Christian girl." And my mother said, find Lebsack's church on Hebron Parkway and go there. <laughs> he said, I found it. <laughs> he said, I found it and I came and there was a bridges up there. Lebsack was not there anymore. I said, we retired. We are no longer here. He said, but I love this church. I love this church. And we are attending here every." Sunday. You talk about power in God? You talk about encouragement? You talk about the joy of the Lord? That's where it is, friend. And the legacy that I'm passing on to my children, I am so excited about it because it's proven. The Word of God proves. He proves Himself. He is the great I am. In closing, I want you, in your bulletin, there's a little thing like this. The front of it has a picture of a beautiful woman, and on the back it has the prayer. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) We are going to read a prayer together today. I would say that in this congregation... Every person would love to leave a legacy that will enhance others, no matter what your age. And we're going to pray this prayer together. If you're not comfortable reading out loud, if you're afraid of your voice or something like that, you know, just just say it to yourself. And we're all going to do it together. You're not going to do it after me. One, two, three, go. Dear God. My family is the greatest gift you could ever give me. Thank you. As you have encouraged us in your word to become Christ-like, I want to strive for that likeness today. I need your strength and power to be an example to my family. I dedicate my life to you as my Lord and Savior. I commit myself to be righteous before you and my family. I want to serve you and my family in every possible way. As the generations before me, I want to continue to carry the torch until you return. Forgive me for the times I've failed. I want to please you and be all you've called created me to be. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Are you encouraged? Let's stand.